Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is not Vicky Barcelona. She's on assignment. Yes, she, she was is. attacked by the plants, like in uh, The Happening. Yeah. And uh, allergies have uh, wrecked her, and I really didn't want to hear her squeaking through the podcast. No, she's <laughs> going to be. She can be out for a little bit. Yeah, she'll be fine, but we don't have her. But you just heard we got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. And that's all you need. Is it? Because uh, running the boards is Joey D's. Hey, guess, hello. I guess we need him, too. Yeah, we need everyone here. Fine. On today's show, we will get into the great debate. Because it's a show on sci-fi, and I talk with Baron Vaughn, who is the host of that. Oh, nice. BJ's been watching some television shows, so we're going to get into those. Maybe a season finale and uh, some some interesting developments in another favorite. Mm -hmm. No geek sheet, because, yeah, whatever. And we'll get to the more. (laughs) Take that. More. And, uh, yes, all of that. Uh, Also, uh, hey, me, how can people get a hold of us? Well, they can do so by going to bjgeeknation.com, which has all of our uh, information on podcasts, articles, and more. More! Thank you. Hit up all of our social media. You can find it all at bjgeeknation.com or send us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. And if you would like to give us a five-star review on however which way you listen to us, Apple Podcasts and all those other fun things, please do so. Uh, Maybe we'll get you something eventually. Like I said, like all those random, fun, free comics <gasps> that I have. I love random comic books. Right? All you have to do, I mean, it's free, but you got to put in a little bit of work. Write us a review. Let me know that you wrote us a review, and I'll pull a random comic book out and send it right to you. Uh, let's get right into The Great Debate, which is on Sci-Fi. It actually aired last night, but you can find it right on their website as well. And it happens every Thursday night at 11 p.m. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to uh, waste any more time explaining it when I've got Mr. Baron Vaughn here to talk about it. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. And there is some big news going on in the video game world, which we will get to. But also... San Diego Comic-Con is going live for like a year and a half, right, to get through all the content? <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. So what they're doing in uh, on July 22nd, they're going to be doing the four days that they originally had planned for the show. Now, it is uh, free for everybody. Um, no uh, limits. They even have a ticket, uh, excuse me, a badge that you can print out and wear so you have a commemorative <laughs> item. Now, here's what is very interesting. A lot of people have been asking and speculating, what are we going to see? There's no filming. Is it going to be kind of like WonderCom that basically had a couple of live tweets, had a virtual cosplay, had a, um, you know, a few panels, and then between now and then, there have been a few panels from some uh, old and new, some of the local uh, and various people doing panels. And then the other day, we got uh, kind of a clue as to what was expected. We got an email from the press department essentially saying, hey, your current badges aren't um, active. And we, we figured that. But we need you to opt in for these virtual press passes. Oh, Now, essentially... It's their way of saying who's covering, but here was the kicker. It was because they wanted an accurate count to send to the studios and their reps. This is what's done whenever we confirm our passes to tell them, 
hey, these people are available, hit them up for interviews, or if you want them at your panels or your live things, that sort of thing. So that tells me, okay, the major studios are involved in this. We talked about last week, we're going to be seeing some uh, filming potentially resuming soon, depending on the local health offices. So here is where it gets really interesting. We um, were updated now. Of course, this is all rumor. It hasn't been set officially by Comic-Con. Totally. We have been told that Stumptown, Motherland, Fort Salem, and uh, the Goldbergs have already confirmed as being a part of the virtual San Diego Comic-Con. And Stumptown, it is the main cast. It's Colby, it's Michael, and it's Jake. Oh, wow. Goldberg's full thing. And there were a couple of others, newer things I hadn't heard about. So we had speculated, what are we going to see over four days? It looks like they're going to try to do as much as they can. We've even heard there may be some games, some contests. Um, There's plenty of stuff on the streaming services hasn't debuted. I know a lot of people think the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer might be safe for that. I had a speculation the other day that since the CW has been very active at Comic-Con, could they possibly use that as the opportunity to reveal the new Batwoman? Uh, things like that. So it looks like we're going to have a really nice event here. That's awesome just in terms of, like, that's the big news thing that comes out because of where they're placed. I mean, they're down near Hollywood, so uh, it's always been that big thing. It's I know everyone's like, well, you know, it's a Comic-Con. Why are they talking about stuff like CW shows? Well, first off, there's a lot of comic books in the CW shows. And then also at the same point in time, it's just really location on a lot of that. Well, it's like you said. I tell people, comics became movies and TV shows. Movies and TV shows have become comics. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> now, let's go into the video game world because PlayStation had their massive PS5 reveal, and we'll get to that. But actually, today, there is a game that I think a lot of people are interested in. The Last of Us 2. Yes, yeah. that is correct. It is rolled out. And it has been getting rave reviews, as expected. I mean, Naughty Dog's games always do between The Last of Us and the Uncharted series. They you know, they do set the standards. And what I'm really curious about is I'm hoping to get uh, involved with it soon, is if you remember when the first one came out for the PS3, even though they made a PS4 version shortly after PS4 launched, there was a lot of talk that the PS3, uh, the original, push the limits of the PS3's capacity. And I'm really, really curious to see with um, the PS5 coming this fall, is this one going to push the PS4 to its limits, or will it be, um, you know, for those that have the Pro, where there'll still be room to spare, that sort of thing. But I think we can all agree it is going to be an epic achievement. Although, interestingly enough, the writer said... Some people may not like it. Really? I guess something to do with maybe the way the story goes or something oh, like okay. that. But yeah. It's been rave reviews so far, so well, that- can't wait to give it a shot. <laughs> exactly. And that means I guess I need to uh, follow my buddy Joe's advice, who's been yelling at me to play The Last of Us. And I downloaded it. I bought it on uh, the uh, PlayStation Network because I've got the PS4. And I've played a little bit of it, but it looks like I need to finish it now so I can get into The Last of Us 2. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, don't forget the DLC. Oh, damn it, there's DLC too. Okay, fine, yeah. whatever. So I'll eventually get to Last of Us 2. Uh, but the PlayStation 5 had the reveal like I talked about, so I wanted to run down some of those games as well. Let's start off with a game that you said that was very interesting called Death Loop. 
Yes, Deathloop really took us by surprise because the parent company had uh, kind of said, oh, we're not going to do our own thing. We don't really have anything to show. And then lo and behold, there were two things of theirs uh, <laughs> in this thing. Now, this is from Arcane Studios, who uh, were the folks behind the Dishonored games. Oh, okay. And so it's a very interesting concept that, as we can understand from the trailer, it's two assassins, rival assassins. And the one, the female assassin is trying to take out the male. He possibly is trying to take out her, but also complete various mission objectives. But he's caught in a time loop. So it's kind of like that um, situation where boom, 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 dot, dead. Go back and do it all over again. But not in a way like it's restarting the level, if that makes sense. It's supposedly, you know, Two people locked in mortal conflict with each other, but there's also a time loop factor to it. And it just looks very interesting. It's got a a unique graphical style to it. The characters are very interesting, um, and it looks like it's got plenty of action. So it'd be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of just when you're talking about that concept of the uh, movie uh, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. And I... I, you know, was thinking about that Star Trek episode where the Enterprise kept blowing up and blowing up and blowing up. But <laughs> I think there's a, a more of a twist to it. And as anybody who played the um, Dishonored series knows, there are some unusual elements that do pop up from time to time with manipulating uh, things, time and space and that sort of thing. So nice. I think it's, an, you know, a, a expansion of that. Right on, and uh, one uh, one of the things that got a lot of people super excited was an announcement of a new Spider-Man. Now, I've heard a couple of things that the Miles Morales Miles Morales Spider-Man is going to be a standalone game. Then I suddenly heard it was going to be DLC. Then I heard it was going to be a standalone game again. Do you have a definitive answer on that? They actually just put something out yesterday. Now, as we are told, it is a standalone game that features Miles Morales's origin story, but expands upon the previous game. Oh. And an interesting thing about that was they said, hey, don't worry, Peter Parker is fine, <laughs> but his story is told in a different, i.e., we're working on a Peter Parker game, or at least have one mapped out, and they felt it was, it was important to tell Miles' origin. Now, cynical me, I would say, well, it sounds to me like you're gearing up for the next one to have both of them in it. Dude, yeah, right? And so that's kind of where they're at now. So you bring up a very valid point about, you know, what is it? There's this part of me that says, I wonder if it's going to be like a thirty nine ninety nine standalone game where it's going to be not quite the full bells and whistles for fifty nine ninety nine. But Miles' origin story, plenty of missions and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. At a, and that's why they're being vague about, is it a game, is it a, that sort of thing. So Okay, so yeah, they haven't really given a full answer. But I, bo- I mean, there's going to be plenty of content that it comes down with Miles. And Miles is a super popular character anyway, who deserves his own video game. Uh, and it'll be exciting to do that. And again, talking about video games, maybe I'll pull out my Spider-Man PS4 game out of uh, the cellophane because I'm a, I'm actually a really terrible gamer. I buy the games and I'm not playing them, Gareth. 
It's not a good thing. <laughs> Another game that a lot of people were freaking out about in both a good and a, I don't want to say bad way, but just in a, I'm going to play this game with all of the lights on in the middle of the day, uh, clutching my teddy bear, is Resident Evil 8. Yes, The Village. Now, that one really uh, took a lot of people by surprise. Now, I have to admit, I am a little behind on the Resident Evil games. I haven't uh, played the last one, and uh, some of them, so, you know, between the Resident Evil and then the reboots and then the various animated movies, the live-action movies, (laughs) and, of course, the, you know, Umbrella Cores, the rail shooters, and all the various ones. I've played some of them. but I, I, I want to say that I think on the core games that I probably the last one I played was six. So a little behind on uh, various things. But one of the things that looked interesting about it was they put it out there and it didn't look to me like a Resident Evil game at first as the trailer was going. It looked creepy. I could tell it was a horror game. You could do that and various other ways to tease people along. And then all of a sudden they, you know, get to this really intense part of the trailer and it just says the village and i go huh Hmm. that's interesting and then the village morphs into eight and that's when i was like oh that is clever (laughs) that is really (laughs) clever and that's you know and it just goes to show you they didn't need to put resident evil anywhere on that screen the moment i saw the eight i knew exactly what i was looking at yeah and i mean a lot of people are really excited for this game me too because Like you said, it's been a long time since I've gotten into a Resident Evil game, but it has some of the most iconic monsters you've ever seen in your entire life. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, and to clarify, I did play the demo for the last one. I didn't play the full one, but that was, uh, you know, they they went away from the infected in Raccoon City, and you were in that house with those creepy situations and going through and exploring in the dark, and it was just this constant... Yeah, you know, the lights are on here. Um, maybe I need to take up the sun blinds here because it's getting pretty <laughs> creepy. And, and I was playing it on a really big screen television. It's like, yeah, no, th- maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I need to rethink my plan here. <laughs> this is one of those games where I'm definitely not wearing my Turtle Beach uh, headphones because it's too much. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, this is an old standby, one of those favorite games that people have played a long time uh, over the course, I think, of maybe of all the PS uh, PlayStations, uh, is Ratchet & Clank. Absolutely. So Ratchet & Clank Into the Rift, uh, as you said, it's a staple of the PlayStation consoles. Um, The last one was very popular on the PS4, and they had the movie the animated movie as well to try to expand the universe into the cinematic uh, setting. And so people are very excited about this. And one of the things that is appealing is it's a game that the family can play. Teenagers can play. Adults can play. And you can play on your own. You can do the co-op. And I think it's a case of there's a familiarity with the game. You know what to expect, but you also know that they're going to have all sorts of fun quirky new little things you know you're going to be using your tools and your weapons to manipulate the objects and fight the bad guys and you know move around the maps and stuff like that but they always come up with very clever things like the last one had that infamous uh sequence on the moving train over the futuristic city Mm -hmm. and that was a lot of fun and of course the story is engaging the characters are a lot of fun and it looks like they're taking that concept 
in terms of the, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Let's take what worked. Let's show it off with even better graphics, even better frame rates, even better features, sounds, that sort of thing. Because remember, the, they've got the haptic tri- triggers on the PS5, so mm-hmm. you'll feel the tensions and that sort of thing. And let's just really go uh, you know, crazy with it. Let's give people the ratchet and clank experience um, that sets the standard going forward. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. As a person who's gamed for so long, uh, I really respect the fact that uh, game companies and they're just they're making sure to put out those platformers that are, you know, essentially just the great games for all players. And we know that there is so much stuff out there, but I'm very excited to hear about all of it. They haven't even begun to scratch the surface on all of the uh, titles that are going to come out. So Gareth will keep you updated. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. I'm pretty excited to actually get in and see how these are going because I watched, like I said in the interview, their uh, South by Southwest one. And this is something that uh, they've been doing for a while at Comic-Cons. So when you can't go to a Comic-Con because they're just not happening at this point in time uh, or they're just doing all of their online stuff, uh, it's kind of fun to be able to get and talk and argue or at least watch people uh, argue about some of the funnest things ever. And it's fun that you know, I didn't realize Baron was uh, you know part of the geek culture. Yeah. Because I've loved him and Grace and Frankie. So, Which is funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Bud on uh, Grace and Frankie, and it's it's really entertaining to just put out those. Like we all have that. Who's the better captain, Kirk or Picard? Um, but it's kind Janeway, of Janeway. Don't forget. I don't want to hear from uh, you know the K- Kayla <laughs> LaFrance, the, oh, the yeah. queen of the nerds. Yep, yep. She captain will say Janeway is the best man. And that's the one thing too. It's like, but they put it on its head. It's like, well, actually, look at it this way: between Janeway and Picard, we'll just go with those two. BJ. Yes, number one. Um, which one do you think would be a better boss? A better boss? Yeah. Ooh. Because that's how they put the spin on these. It's not oh. who would be better. It's like, well, how, like, would it, like, because I, I got to go with, then I'm going to go with Cisco because he did get oh. made, he was made a captain. Out of left field. Yeah, he was made a captain, I think, in season four. And you've been binging DS9. And, <laughs> yeah, I have. And I'm really, I mean, Cisco's a good boss because he had to deal with DS9, which was a ragtag everybody's at the space station and they've made a lot of points about how it's different being on a starship than it is being on, you know, you know, commanding a space station and he's got to work with all those people. And I think a boss is really great with the amount of people they work for or, and and how they manage. I got to give it to, but Janeway had to get the Maquis and she had to get the Federation guys together since they were stuck in the uh, Delta quadrant and they they hated each other, and they were on the same ship. Like Chakotay was like the leader of the Maquis, and I forget what Janeway did to make that happen. So that could make her a good boss. Well, and also, but also, wasn't it? Uh, well, I don't know whose fault it was that got them so stranded so far away. I mean, but she's the captain, and I don't know if I want the captain. Uh, you know, I don't want my captain to be the one that got me lost in the dark, darkest reaches of space. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, these are all tough questions, and um, I. But I, I think I'm. Still, I'm going to lean towards Cisco, but again, I'm going to start binge watching Voyager after I binge watch Deep Space Nine. So that in another year or however long it takes <laughs> me to get through the seven seasons of DS9, I might change it and go. You know what? On second thought, Janeway is a better boss. What season are you on now? I am on season four, halfway through. All right, and I just watched. 
perhaps a, 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 a it's the it's the data's cat episode of DS Nine. Oh no, so, Worf is on trial but, Wait, for this dumbest oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, Worf ended up there. He was yeah, and he's on, yeah. He, season four, he popped over there. He's on trial. It's a filler episode. It took place basically just in <laughs> in in the briefing room of DS Nine. The entire episode was just like, oh, this is so filler. And that was some of the problems I had with DS Nine. I never got into the huge war that they had in the later seasons. I watched like the first two or three seasons, and to me, as a kid, it it was boring. Like they, the difference between you're talking about a space station and yeah. a starship. Space station isn't exploring anything. You're stuck there all of the time, and no matter how interesting it was, you weren't going to strange new worlds to seek out new lives and new civilizations. You're boldly staying exactly where you are. Well, then they got the Defiant in season three ish. I think season oh. the end of season three, they got the Defiant. And that was that fun little ship that was very maneuverable and was overpowered and had phasers that were just ridiculously <laughs> powerful and 8 million quantum torpedoes. And the Defiant uh, really did change how that show was because then they started going places. Okay. Then yeah. Mm, and if you mm. go online, there's a quintessential Deep Space Nine story arc like episode guide so you can skip all the filler. Uh, because some oh, people, okay, good. People argue that Deep Space Nine perhaps is the best story arc Star Trek series ever. Whoa. After season two, <laughs> well, again, season you're right because season two, it, season two really isn't part of it. There exactly. might have been one or two season two episodes that actually mention the Dominion, and that's the idea. You just mm -hmm. only all you care about is the Dominion, yeah. And season two started hinting at the Dominion, and then, but that's why if you check online, somebody will tell you here are all the episodes you should watch, and you will probably skip out of season one completely. <laughs> Maybe two episodes in season two, and yeah. Yeah, season one and two is like uh, Friends in Space. And then season three, they're like, okay, well, we should probably be a Star Trek we show We should now. finally do something. Yeah, and the Dominions <laughs> are really, I, I would say now with today's, like a lot of stuff that we're experiencing today with what we're trying to do uh, with our own nation and heal a lot of problems, you can see, uh, like watching the Dominion and watching mm. how they be, it's like, whoa. Wow. It's really, it's okay. like, there's a lot of lessons I think that can be learned, which is what Star Trek was so good at. And uh, between that, you've been watching a lot of other television as well. Sure have. Uh, the season finale of Vagrant Queen. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh-oh. And it's not because I didn't like it. Oh. It's because I found out that it, not everybody else liked it. Didn't get good ratings, and there may not be a season two. Oh. I'm really sad. They wrapped it up, which is nice. They did wrap up season one's major story, which at least I love how shows do that, but they still left a cliffhanger for what could have been season two. The characters really grew on me. You know, um, it saddens me. That uh, for whatever reason, this just didn't get better ratings. I know at least we talked about it on our show, and I wanted to see it. Uh, and I and there was some cool stuff that happened towards the end of the season, and it was way over the top, very cartoony. But I feel like it was emulating the graphic novel. And if you love the graphic novel, which I think a lot of people must have because they ended up making a series on it, um, I don't know why the graphic novel fans didn't really find this and love this. Or unless it wasn't good to them, maybe it wasn't like the graphic novel, but I, I really liked it a lot. I'm going to miss it. It was really a fun show, and especially as it got towards the end, they really, the characters started feeling at home with each other, and I started feeling at home with the characters, and I'm I'm really going to miss them. I, I hope somehow, some way, somebody says, ah, let's give this another season and let's see what's going on. But hey, if you just want to watch a complete show and see a really cool, over-the-top <laughs> villain and uh, a threesome of people who go out and just you know defy all odds with crazy episodes and lots of... 
it's, uh, you know, you got your monster of the week with a story arc, like the old Star Treks used to be. Mm-hmm. Only 10 episode season. Oh, that's good. And uh, I think good makeup. Again, over the top makeup. I mean, it really is. They, they, they were like, look, this is a big comic book we're putting on your screen about sci-fi things. Yeah. And um, everything was way over the top. But I really think it was like, it was almost like, what if they took the people that made the 1960s Batman and did a sci-fi show? Oh, that's what it. It has a lot of camp to it too, the, okay. and the colors are bright. Uh, and really, it's oh, got, so it's not dystopian uh, future sort oh, of stuff. Yeah, it's and it has a lot of 1980s sounding music. And of course, I I was in my 20s in the 80s, so it was fun to hear that. And I know you like the 80s. <laughs> oh, I too. love 80s music so, so much. So yeah, yeah. So it's got those bright colors that the 80s had too. Um, I liked it. It was on Sci-Fi. You probably can get it on demand because it the, the season finale mm-hmm. and maybe even the series finale just happened a couple weeks ago. So and yeah, to be honest, Vagrant Queen. Yes, at, at this point, as of uh, June fifteenth, was the last time that there was uh, some news on this. Uh, the news was there's no news. Because it has not been canceled, nor has it been renewed. Yeah, so, I'm so happy to we hear don't that. know what's going to happen. I went a little further than that story, Rev, and found out that people go, "Oh yeah, it's got no ratings. People don't like yeah. it." Blah blah blah. They're not saying they're um, saying it did get a whole lot of ratings. But you know, I mean, I think this is one of those shows that you just you know, right now with the way we, the world is and everything, and you want a lot of fun mm-hmm. and a lot of goofiness and a lot of camp. I think this is it. It's so tough now to get a second season when you have the whole COVID thing going on, especially if you're not getting good, you know, great mm. ratings, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you have a show that people love and they're already addicted to, you know, you're good. But now it's like, geez, you have to push through all that and deal with the, you know. I don't know what sci-fi is, is going to do because yeah. Peacock is coming out with their Battlestar Galactica. Oh, that's right. And that show Brave New World, which I believe is based on Aldous Huxley's book and it's yeah. just going to be a series. And that's going to be coming out in like July, like mid-July or so. Yeah, Netflix, I just noticed, had, had a, I don't know how old it is, but they have a War of the Worlds series. Oh, a I whole series? I don't know how good it is, but uh, and maybe it's not that good if nobody's really talking about it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I don't want to give too much time to something that may or may not because I and I would you know so uh, because I'm you know Vicky turned me on to Doom Patrol and she was right that is such a great show too. Uh, so there's a lot out there. There's like so Joe much said, TV out there. There's a lot of competition. It is tough for us, but I look at sci-fi like, well, what's your signature series going to be? So. That's a really we'll good point on that yeah. one. Uh, another show that you've been watching has been Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And I read an article on comic book resources that said Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just made its season seven villains even more powerful. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they yeah the, the Chronicoms are basically robots that look like humans and have the ability to absorb another human's face, and that's how they... Ooh. Yeah, and so and you're left faceless and ah! pretty much dead uh, as they assume your form in order to do their, their nefarious plot, which is they're trying to stop S.H.I.E.L.D. from happening. If they can stop uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. from happening... Oh, the old go-back-in-time, yeah. kill Hitler sort of thing. And the thing is, is they are going to different pivotal points in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s history to stop him from happening, and but they only have one shot to do it, and our fearless heroes are able to follow them in the time stream and foil them in the 30s, and they recently foiled them in the 50s. And uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, to uh, just watch this romp of a goodbye season. I really, really like it. Um, it's very fun. Um, the only complaint I would have is that I'm just tired of a hero that has powers that basically can't use their powers for some reason. Yo-yo. Oh, are they doing that again? But yeah, so I mean, I know they're ground level, and it really frustrates me 
And I guess it's a budget thing, um, I guess. I mean, I don't know how, you know how much special effects goes into Yo-Yo running quickly and then bounce it back again. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Agent May is sort of like a death machine, but I think but she's human, but she's kind of like had something happen to her, but she's a really good fighter, but she's got no memory, or she does, but she doesn't care about stuff anymore. Phil Coulson is an LMD, so he's got superpower, which is kind of fun to watch. Uh, but then, <laughs> you know, Quake is usual Quake. For some reason... I don't know. She doesn't quake much. I don't know why. Well, I mean, she could bring down entire buildings. That seems kind of dangerous. I guess. It seems like she has handheld quake abilities, and she's able to push people across the room, so it seems like she has the ability to do it. Mm. I mean, maybe they explained it a couple seasons ago that maybe it would hurt her a lot. But, you know, when I see Daisy kicking people and doing martial arts, I'm like, you know you could just quake these bits. I mean, you are, you're, <laughs> you're gosh darn quake. And now that, you know, with Yo-Yo going... Uh, yeah, for some reason I can't yo, yo. Yo, yo. You know, <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, well, I mean, it's still fun anyway, though. Uh, no fits so far. I'm missing like, fits. not at all? Yeah, and I, I don't read the stories to know, like, off screen what's going on if he's not even going to be on this season. I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that he'll show up somewhere. Um, it seems so weird, though. Yeah, because Gemma, you know, I mean, uh, but here's the cool episode, dude. Hmm. We got to see Daniel Sousa. Who, of course, was the partner for Peggy Carter in the Peggy Carter series. Oh, yeah. Because they went to the 50s. Gemma was able to sneak him into the secret base by saying she was Peggy Carter. Not knowing that uh, Daniel Sousa was going to visit the base, too. And, of course, he knows who the real Peggy Carter is. Uh, and that was a lot of fun, and it was good to see him again. He's 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 a, he's a good dude. I I loved Peggy Carter. Like the wife and I. Like I wasn't too into Agents of Shield, but absolutely adored Peggy Carter. I think part of it was a the nostalgia, like yeah. the, like the old like early times and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. And then also just the fact that Peggy Carter is such a strong female and just being able to really stand up in the face of the old I mean even nowadays it's still not the best but even just the old sexism that they had she had to deal with and going through all of that, it was cool to see her journey on that. And I would say to people like you who, you know, there's been a lot going on in the world of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm. but, you know, this is their last season. You could go read a, a, a summary somewhere of what you've missed, maybe from the last couple of seasons if you want, uh, or even, you know, like I like to do is I'll just go previously and just yeah. catch up on a couple of things. Totally. Uh, I really think this is a fun season, and the concept is simple, is that there are bad guys that they have to travel too far, to, through time to catch. Something is wrong with May due to what happened to her last season. Some aliens got inside her head. Phil's dead, and they made an LMD of him, and Max in charge, and, for, uh, and Fitz is missing. And, they, and they've been able to turn their Zephyr into a time-traveling ship. That's all you need to know. Oh, thanks. To watch the last season and have a fun time. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. It's like going back in time, and if they're doing the, it's like it's like a best-of sort of like farewell tour sort of thing. Yeah. And that's fun to do as well and see through that. So and it's, it's really yeah. good. It's And S.H.I.E.L.D. has increasingly gotten better season after season after season. And a lot of folks, like I've said before, said it's because they, they, they were able to finally cut ties to the sinking of the timeline for the Avengers movies. They don't have to yeah. worry about that anymore. And the show got better because of it. Uh, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I really have liked all the episodes. It's fun to see them in different times of the past. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. like watching Doctor Who of Shield. Oh yeah, because they're traveling call. through time. That's funny. Uh, moving on from that, and this is the last thing before we get out of here. Like I said, no geek sheet with Vicky B, but this is a story for her and all of us because we have all enjoyed the Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, it's coming back for season two. Oh yeah, and they just dropped the synopsis. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So, 
Uh, it's a little apocalyptic on this one. Uh, Five warned his family so, so many times that using his powers to escape from Vanya's 2019 apocalypse was risky. Well, he was right. The time jump scatters the siblings in time in and around Dallas, Texas. Oh. Over a three-year period. Starting in 1960, some have been stuck in the past for years, having built lives and moved on, certain that they were the only ones who survived. Five is the last to land smack dab in the middle of a nuclear doomsday, which, spoiler alert, turns out to be a result of the group's disruption of the timelines. Deja vu, anyone? Yep. Now the Umbrella Academy must find a way to reunite, figure out what caused the doomsday, put a stop to it, and return to the present timeline to stop that other apocalypse all while being hunted by a trio of ruthless Swedish assassins. But seriously, no pressure or anything. So are they I wonder uh-huh. if they're the, are they the time assassins that worked for the place that uh, that five used to work for? Yeah. You betrayed them? I don't know. I don't know either. Was it Cha Cha and uh Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. it was Cha Cha who I was I can't remember who the first person's name I know. was. Yeah. He both uh, of those yeah. guys were so great. They really were. They really were. And so I'm excited to see what they're gonna be doing with this. So it's a it's a it was always a fun comic and they did such a great job with the show. Yep. And there are currently, if you want to go check out the graphic novels, there's three volumes of the Umbrella Hazel Academy. And Hazel Thank you so much. (laughs) With the second one aptly being named Dallas. Now, another weird thing about that, too, is that I think the second volume had the time cops in them, but they put those in the first season. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how they mix all of those together and continue all of that. It'll be fun to see a lot how that is going down and even just... Going back and experiencing the Umbrella Academy again. I know that's one of those ones that Vicky will absolutely just put on the background to watch over and over and over again. May have to binge it. The soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah. It, like you were talking about 80s music, it's the same sort of throwback to that one. And I got to 4K uh, 4K TV and the 4K Ooh, Apple TV, so fancy. I might do it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.